not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Karen, horror death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no sides. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Benny G. My Kenny G, but the opposite, the complete opposite. You guys are aware of that. I don't play a saxophone. I don't know if he does. Does he play a clarinet? Is it a saxophone? Is it a... What is it? Why does he have to keep it? What? It's a saxophone. It is a saxophone? It is a saxophone, yeah. It's a long, straight saxophone. Why does he... Saxophone. But the, the machine is so straight, why does he have to keep his hair so fucking curly? That's just the way Kenny G rolls, man. But like for he roll out of bed in the morning with hair like that, red to go. But I mean, your whole adult life, all this success, you don't ever want to change that? You literally don't think that you, does he think people would not buy his music if he didn't have I mean, I think from Kenny G's point of view, he's kind of kicking ass being Kenny G, so why play with the system? His hair is the system? So he actually is able to store a lot of the oxygen in his hair. The oxygen of what? That that they blows from? Mm-hmm. That's why he can blow such a mean horn. It's them locks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's incredibly abundant, but Ben Morrison is my guest again today. Um, but he is in his apartment. Um, I offered to stop by his apartment. He said, no, I can't do the podcast, and I sort of forced him to, and so we're doing it via, tele- <laughs> via telephone Bluetooth speaker. But I did a sound check, and it sounded pretty good to me. I probably, maybe I wonder if you even knew if I didn't tell you, but I'm, I'm a very honest person. So I wanted the brain trust to know the truth. Uh, let me quickly, before we get too into some stories, thank you all so much for watching my special Neurotic Gangster, my hour special on Showtime. It debuted last Friday. It was trending nationwide on Twitter. Hashtag Neurotic Gangster. I so appreciate that. If you haven't seen it, it is re-airing a bunch on Showtime. And it's also available on Showtime uh, on the app and on demand. You can add Showtime for just like 8 bucks to your Roku or your Amazon Prime or your Hulu. And you can see it that way and all the rest of Showtime's programming. Um, please watch it if you haven't. And please spread the word. If you tweet about it, use hashtag Neurotic Gangster. Let's keep people talking about it because it's going to be up there all year. Um, and, uh, as this podcast goes on, you can tweet at Ben and I, uh, together at Ben Glebe. You already know that. And at Ben the Morrison, you probably already know that as well at Ben the Morrison on Twitter. Um, and tweet us as the episode progresses. So how was your week, Ben? The week was really good. It was my birthday last week and then your, uh, debut gathering, which was awesome. For the, for the listeners out there, Ben Gleet travels with a pretty awesome circle of people. Always always a good time. Always some some smart, attractive ladies roaming around. It was. And, it, was uh, it was a pretty cool night. And had these like magical coincidences, too. I had your birthday the night before. Um, ran into J.D. Cohen, this documentary filmmaker that had followed me around for like five years, basically, as the main storyline one of the main storylines in his documentary called Funny the Documentary he interviews like tons of amazing comics in it, but like I became like his major storyline of like who you actually get invested in the career of, me and one other comedian. And I hadn't seen him in a long time. He hadn't interviewed me in over two years, really three years. And he came to the party because I ran into him at your birthday, at your birthday and like got another interview with my parents and with ex-girlfriends of mine, two of them who show up, showed up and were instrumental in my career and Jeff Miller, who 
wrote this Esquire, the great Esquire review of my comedy many years ago, who I invited because he and I became friends recently. And um, the guy that produced the special, Scott Montoya, is this great producer of, of comedy specials. And Lauren Marie, my dear friend, who was there with me and calmed me down the day of the special and all these things. It was just really cool to have all that there. Um, and yeah, there were some very pretty girls walking around. Yeah, it's always it's always hard to know what girls to talk to at a gathering such as as yours because can't tell which ones you might have a crush on at the time. Yeah, well, that's true. You can talk to any of the ex girlfriends. <laughs> I don't know if that's my uh, my target demo is Bengali's ex girlfriends, and all your ex girlfriends actually are pretty cool. They are pretty cool people. I mean, they come and support me after we break up, so that's pretty nice. Yeah, you tend to kind of crash and burn your endings sometimes. Who, me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have, like, the Malaysian Air, like, theory on ending relationships. Like, you can't just put the plane down. you got to put it at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> it's never to be found again. <laughs> you need to get yourself some Rain Man Qantas relationships, man. Yeah, you know, Qantas. Were, are you honestly saying that my best relationship is probably with some autistic woman? Is that what you're implying here? No, I'm hoping that for you. That's pretty good. I uh, I like it when my girlfriend drives, and she would be an excellent driver. And really into Wapner. And what's even better about that is if you hand me toothpicks, I'm just going to fumble and drop them. But count them instantly. I mean, you know how many you dropped. Do you think that movie really gave people an idea that autistic people were just very weird but had superpowers? Yeah, I think it did. And also a lot of them were hired as as bean counters. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, like, literally, let's think about how many autistic people have people dropping toothpicks in front of them just to see if, like... <laughs> Knocking shit out of their hands, be like, count them toothpicks. They give them like the Shamu show. Give them what? Person. Just like, you're autistic. You can count toothpicks. Let's see your little parlor trick as you're trapped inside your brain. Yeah. Although, I don't know, of all the, the you know, the challenges in, in life, I feel like that wouldn't be one of the worst. Would it be? No, it just, would be if you had something stuck in your teeth. Right, they're giving you a great array of toothpicks with which to, to choose. But then they're all on the floor. No, it'd just be no. easier just to hand you a toothpick. No, in, say, any, no. in any pile of toothpicks, you've got a, a whole bunch that are on the top of that pile that have not touched the ground yet. I mean, I guess if you're going with the whole pickup sticks way of looking at toothpick selection, sure. Obviously, that's what I would do. Remember that game, Pickup Sticks? I what do, I like game that. Is Let's play this game. I'm going to throw some sticks on the floor. Count them. <laughs> it wasn't count. It wasn't about picking them up like without touching the ground and shit like that? Yeah, I guess so. That's some real like frontiersmen keep the, keep the kinfolk entertained. It was like jacks without the ball. Like It was like jacks with no action. <laughs> you know someone like dropped a pile of sticks accidentally and they were like, hey, what the fuck? And they were like, no, no, it's a game. How many are on top? Yeah, how how can we how can we how can we take the game the the riveting game of jacks and bring it down a couple notches? <laughs> yeah, whoa, guys, this whole jacks thing is getting a little out of hand. Truth. Um, let's cover some things hap that happened during this last week on Earth. Um, right off the bat, there's a crazy story with Amber Heard alleging domestic abuse at the hands of Johnny Depp. Did you read uh, Stanhope's reaction to that? No, Doug Stanhope. Oh yeah, you gotta read that. It's a really interesting letter where Stanhope essentially is calling himself out for being a coward and not saying something right when the story broke. But apparently he and Depp are, are very good friends and hang out. And he was at Depp's place when he was like shaken saying she's gonna accuse me of battery. 
essentially saying that the whole time they were together, she seemed very dodgy, but the friend group didn't say anything because he's Johnny Depp. Um, so a- anyone listening to this, you should look it up. It's a very interesting read, and it's it's a, it's a very different take on the whole situation. Wait, she was dodgy in what way? She was kind of duplicitous. Like, it was one of those girlfriends, apparently, that Depp's inner circle had a lot of reservations about, but just didn't say anything because he's Johnny Depp. Well, some story came out now, I just saw a headline of today, that apparently she was maybe in some other relationship with a girl or something, and she was accused of domestic violence. Against Johnny Depp? No, against some girl. She said against a former girlfriend of hers. Wow. But obviously I'm not trying to sweep under the rug the accusations towards Depp. He's also obviously the one being overtly accused of abusing her. Yeah, I guess I don't really know enough to say this is how I definitively, definitively feel. And it seems shallow to say he doesn't seem like the type. So I think I'm just going to continue to let it play out and take another step back and realize that it affects my life in absolutely no way. In zero way. Well, another story that you brought up when I asked you what stories you wanted to cover, you brought up the uh, the Stanford rape case. So Brock, of course, his name is Brock, the whitest name. Brock. Yeah, the uh, the accused. Yeah, but think about it, you you put an A in there and it becomes Barack, and then it's very not white. <laughs> That's a good point. One vowel makes such a difference. Yeah, it's like between. I mean, one letter can make such a difference all the time. You go from mild to milf, one letter away. Very different. Very exciting. Why no? You've why no? To do that. Why no is just one letter away from why not. <laughs> Dude, this is this should be the seeds of the the next hour that you retire on special number two. Thank God, because I don't know if I announced that on this podcast yet, but I just retired my hour that I've been developing for many years. That once it aired on, you know, honestly, like I think that's that's a cool idea, and I think you should do it. But there is some part of me that died a little bit, knowing I'm never going to hear you say delicious drinks live again. <laughs> just that phrase or the entire bit? Uh, honestly, just that phrase. It's just the way you say it with your Ben Glebe voice. Well, I can still I say it. just amongst you and I and, and, our, and our podcast family, I can say delicious drinks. <clears throat> All right, well, prepare to have me request that. So anyway, let's talk about the story because it's, it's interesting. Please, fill everybody in. Oh, well, this like, real piece of shit, Stanford uh, swimmer, from what I understand, discovered a girl who had gone to, I think, a frat party and had gotten wasted. Uh, I don't know the details as far as when he met her, but was discovered sexually assaulting her in an alley while she was unconscious. Right. And... She woke up. I don't know if you read her letter that she wrote to him. It was pretty, pretty powerful. I have not read it yet. Yeah, I mean, another thing you should read. Uh, she woke up not knowing at all what had happened and really more concerned about the safety of her sister, who she'd gone to the party with, and then was informed by the team of doctors and police that she'd been assaulted, and pretty brutally. Uh, and anyway, the case went to trial, and this swimmer, Brock, who is very, very white, like polar bear in a snowstorm white, was given a six-month sentence for being guilty of rape under the auspices that anything longer would seriously affect him. Rather, a call for the judge to, to step down now because um, because of this lenient sentence. Like, it should have gotten, they say, at least like 10 years, most, most normally. Yeah. Uh, apparently... Over 200,000 people have signed the petition to get him recalled. But are any of those people good swimmers? Because their opinions might not be that valid otherwise. Uh, I think all the people had to sign the petition underwater. Mm-hmm. So I think so. I mean, it's an inter- so obviously that's, that's horrendous that somebody gets a lenient sense because he's a good swimmer and why the judge would be more interested in protecting his future 
His dad even wrote a letter the swimmer wrote saying that 20 minutes of action should not ruin my son's entire life. Called it action. I mean, that's just the whole family seems to be raised in a, seems to be raised in a very strange way, very callous way towards you know towards how you're supposed to treat women and obviously never do what this asshole did. Um, so, but I guess the sentence is already down. Even if the judge gets in trouble for this, they can't adjust the sentence anymore, can they? Can a victim appeal a sentence? I don't think so. No, I mean, that, that's the ruling. It's kind of done and done. And there's a week also of a lot of judge talk because there was, that, that that's like a reasonable reason to say a judge to step down, but Donald Trump wants a judge, judge to step down that's on this Trump University fraud case because the guy's of Mexican heritage. <laughs> that's the appropriate response. Yeah. I mean, my only hope, given that I am pretty anti-Trump, and, uh, you know, I think... I will continue to sway more pro-Democrat as we get further into the process, uh, is that Trump's, what I believe is kind of exhaustion at this point, you know, he brags about not sleeping and all reports indicate that he hasn't really staffed his campaign and it's still, he needs to have eyes on everything. So I think it's, it's causing him a lot of mental fatigue. He'll continue to, when provoked, snap and make statements equally as ridiculous just, you know, because like he's made such a big deal out of vilifying minorities. It's, it's now being brought up all the time and how he handles it is getting increasingly manic. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like, for those who don't know the whole story, he's being sued in a class action lawsuit by thousands of people that pay their hard earned money, veterans and old people and poor people on the promises that he'll share real estate techniques to make them rich. And they say that the class was fraudulent, the class was shit, didn't really offer any great tips. And they claim that the good reviews he claims that he got, like, I got great reviews. The best thing I did was have people fill out a piece of paper. Then it was a form. They'd fill out their thoughts. We got great marks. Apparently they were, that was done under duress with the, with the people right on top of them, the instructors right on top of them, watching them fill them out before they finished the course. They felt a lot of them, they were saying it as, as though they were needing to put a good review there to even like get their diploma or to finish the course. I mean, just incredibly cool. It's like, have you ever, uh, you ever been on, like, you ever called Time Warner Cable for, for anything? At the end of each call, they all have to say this. Or like, you might be receiving a phone call in which you will rate my performance. Uh, please, uh, give me uh, high marks as if you do not, they will fire me and my daughter, I will not be able to pay for her cancer treatment anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're like, Jesus Christ, dude, fine, you get, a, you get five stars, just go away. Yeah, pretty insane. And then it also came out the training manual for the instructors of the university this week and it was crazy things in the instruction manual like like you're not, don't sell them on the benefits this course will give you or the things you will learn or the facts you will gain sell them on feelings people get on board and are willing to pirate their money when you sell them on feelings i mean the, the whole thing kind of had a weird like neo scientology feel to it i mean you know it's it's a, just a corporate pyramid scheme yeah i mean trump university essentially was scientology without the possibility of meeting tom cruise which takes away the only benefit <laughs> Except in Trump University's theology, the intergalactic warlord Trumpicus will one day come and liberate everyone from their poverty the same way Elrond's Satan's fire out of that volcano. <laughs> he will bestow an orange hue upon the populace. And lo, he shall descend from the building which he built because he kicks ass and builds buildings. And he will bestow great wealth upon all those who are in his aura. And people actually think that too. That's the funniest thing. The thing that really gets me, and we've talked about this before, about Trump and really the Tea Party, because Trump is really just the demon head of the Tea Party that began so long ago is the idea that 
the wealthy people controlling the Tea Party have really fired up the lower middle class people who have been so fucked by their policies and actually convinced them that they fight for their interests, you know? That's what the entire so, Republican Party does. Especially the wing of... Well, yeah, you're right. But I think the danger of the Tea Party is that they took they took the anger and the engagement and they put it on the ground. They put it in the hands of angry, oftentimes less educated Americans and have really fired them up on a grassroots level, which is, is dangerous. And then Trump's taking that to the whole next level by like stoking like all these like latent racisms and latent fears that we all have not that we all have that 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 people who are like weak-minded or who want a scapegoat for their problems blame on minorities it's like the oldest trick in america's book it's blaming it on the other instead of taking the the personal responsibility upon yourself it's going back to like our racist past and well i mean yeah he's I mean, let's not forget, he was the helm of a reality competition show for and then, five or six years. I mean, as far as the art of playing people off against each other, you know, he's had five years of experience doing it on camera. And then was the helm of the birther movement, which is the ultimate, like, otherism and trying to make our president seem, our first black president seem like he was illegitimate and wasn't born in this country and it's based literally on no evidence whatsoever, just a theory Trump had actually relentlessly hammered at it until he forced Barack Obama to actually physically show his birth certificate and like such a demoralizing thing. Well, I mean, I think even in that case, Trump... Trump's all about Trump. This whole election run is all about Trump. It's not about making America great again. It's about Trump. Right. And so that's what, what... Another interesting thing I heard Van Jones say on CNN tonight... Was, I like Van Jones. Yeah, I like him too. And one other, he does a lot of cool charity work too, or like nonprofit work as his main job when he's not being a pundit on CNN. But oh, as a side note, that's one of the other things not meeting Tom Cruise that Trump University promised was the, 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 the opportunity to take a photo with, <laughs> with Donald Trump, and it was just with a cardboard cutout of Donald Trump. <laughs> it was a cardboard cutout of Trump. But it's the most beautiful the cardboard cutout. It's great cardboard. The, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the cardboard cutout they used was the image of Trump from his book entitled Think Big and Kick Ass. Better than the title of his, of his current book, Crippled America, subtitle, Make America Great Again. Yeah, well, isn't he pivoting now to America first? That was that was the, the slogan he kept saying, repeating over and over again. I don't know, he ended the speech tonight with, with, with Make America Great Again. But So what Van Jones said is like, it became clear this week when his all of his past xenophobic and racist statements were at least in some skewed philosophy defensible because they could say he was doing it to save the country, to protect the country. You ban Muslims because, yes, there's terrorist attacks happening, so maybe that's like some twisted solution. You build a wall, even though it's like a offensive concept to literally build a huge tall wall to keep Mexican people out, but it's to stop crime and people boring, pouring over the border and stealing jobs or whatever, but that this one was just the most indefensible and blatant because it's truly just about Trump. It's not about making America great or protecting America. It's just about protecting him from this potentially devastating lawsuit. And he was using his whole campaign and his surrogates to argue and taint this judge in this lawsuit. He literally overruled his campaign staffers and said to his surrogates on a conference call, there's a lot of stupid people working for me. You might have had a lot of stupid people tell you not to talk about it anymore. Double down on this judge, on the attacks on the judge. Question his character. Say you don't think that he could be a fair judge. And in that crazy exchange, you got a YouTube between Trump and Jake Tapper of CNN. He yeah. just he, he just keeps <laughs> he's say, Mexican. He keeps saying, he's look, a he's Mexican. He's like, no, he, he was born in Indiana, but I'm building a wall. He's of Mexican heritage, okay, and I'm building a wall. So every Mexican person is biased as a judge that can't do their job because he wants to build a wall. So then, he, so then um, the dude who hosts Face the Nation, even though I watch it every week and I can never remember his name, Charlie Dickerson or the hell's name is, John Dickerson, says to him, so would a Muslim judge also be unable to, to be fair against you? And he goes, yes, I can see that very possibly. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think what was interesting about his speech tonight 
<clears throat> is that he was using a teleprompter. He made fun of Clinton last week for using a teleprompter, and now all of a sudden he's using one, because I think they've got to be in some kind of panic mode on the inside about the complete lack of controlling what he says. I mean, that was his big appeal point for everyone, but it's going to come to bite them in the ass, hopefully in a big way before November, to get a glimpse of what the real dangers, I mean, I think we know the real dangers of what would happen if he really was the leader of the free world. I mean, just temperament-wise, that he would be at the nuclear arsenal and control the nuclear arsenal is insane. The guy can't control his reactions to people. Yeah, there was a GOP senator today that <laughs> that unendorsed him. Yeah. <laughs> he said he is not fit to hold the nuclear codes with a temperament like that. And it's true, you know? 100% true. Oh. I mean, literally, I have a three-year-old nephew that controls his behavior far better than Donald Trump. It's insane. Mm. And 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 so he literally says that because the guy and repeated it, and people said, you, you must have made a mistake, and he repeated it. No, he's Mexican, which I think is fine that he's Mexican. Oh, as John Oliver put it, thanks for the permission to be Mexican. And... Then, I mean, he just literally stokes, like, complete racism. And the guy attacks everybody. So, as as uh, Stephen Colbert put it, so every single... He's offended everybody. So, who's left? Who's allowed to preside over a Trump case? He's made fun of women, of black people, of Mexicans, of Muslims. I mean, there's no group left that the guy hasn't offended. And, I mean, he certainly couldn't preside in... in, in under the court of Judge Rosie O'Donnell, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, he still uses her as a punchline. It's like people don't, they kind of forgot who she is, dude. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, so all the Republicans guess, came out this, this, this week condemning what he said, yet still, except for that one guy, yet still endorse him. Like Paul Ryan, the Senate Majority <laughs> Leader, comes out and says, oh, I'm sorry, Representative Paul Ryan, the House Majority Leader comes out and and says this is the textbook definition of racism saying somebody can't do a job because of their ethnicity yet i'm still supporting him so the question really becomes like i just asked you before we, we start recording at what point does I mean, it's literally like saying like hey ben how's your uh, how's your fiance and i'm like oh she's a she's a complete and utter psychopath she tried to stab me uh, a couple times in her sleep last night, and um, uh, I, I feel like she's like embezzling money from my bank account. So you're going to break off the wedding, right? No, no, I'm going ahead with it. Yeah, what should I get <laughs> you for the wedding? Um, <laughs> which, quite honestly, you scared me that you would do several times in the past, so I'm glad that you've come. Yeah, I have, haven't I? I guess I've, I've gone to the brink and back, Ben Glebe's fans. I, I decided to have all of the cycle relationships for your listeners, for them. And like for like your potential future uh, movie scripts. And, well, yes, I have a lot of material stored up. But, but I so, think people who support Trump, they, they just fail to realize that they're supporting this person to run all of America. And they're so hung up on, he just says what he feels, and I want someone who's not in the system that they're completely whitewashing the reality of the temperament of the person they're supporting, the dangerous reality yeah, I mean, of this man. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not even just like a clever bigot or a hidden bigot. He's like bad at being a bigot. He's he's a stupid bigot. He's both. He literally like doesn't even hide it well. Doesn't even say like, like he didn't have to say the judge because he's Mexican's unfair. He could have said the guy's rulings are unfair. He's been a hater of mine. He could have just said that he donates to a group that has helped illegal immigrants. But instead he says just the fact that he has Mexican heritage makes him unqualified is just on its surface completely racist. And so the news media does the typical thing, says this is the new low and he's not going to be able to recover and, he's, and it's going to be the death knell for him. And then literally the next day he backtracks it and says his comments are misconstrued. He never said anything about all Mexicans. And the media forgets it, and they repeat the new quote, and it's like forgotten. It's not the same big issue anymore. It's a, we have gold, uh, I don't, we have I don't goldfish think this going away just because of the amount of public pivoting that the GOP had to do immediately. 
you know, like I said, they're they're in an odd position of having to disavow him for congressional seats and having to support him for the presidency. I mean, it's 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 gone beyond entertaining. It's gone beyond Schadenfreude. I just I feel like every time I turn on the news, I'm watching some extended modern day Twilight Zone episode that we're all currently in. It really is crazy and scary. But like, at at at, at what point does it become? Like, why is party more important than country? At what point does country matter more? I mean, at what point do you say we're going to have to just lose the election this year and have a Democrat become president because this guy is just an unpredictable, racist, childish asshole? And like I also said to you before, why do they even want him? Is it just the ego of having an R column be in the presidency, having a Republican be the president? Because Hillary would probably be better for Republicans. She's she's fiscally probably in a lot of ways more Republican than Trump is. They don't know what Trump's going to do. He's a total wild card. She's a hawk militarily, and Trump you know, says he's strong with the military, but he doesn't want to get entangled in things. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So why do they even want him? I don't understand it. They want him to show that, I think they really want him for this symbolic pivot away from Obama, which they feel has been a disaster and something they were unable to contain. A disaster after. that took us from the brink of the next Great Depression and 11 or 12% unemployment to 45 or 5% that created... Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, we're arguing against electing Clinton, and the last time we had a Clinton in the White House... We came out of it with a fucking surplus. Right, plus everybody was getting their dick sucked. <laughs> it was a great time for everybody. Well, at least, you know, one person was. So, there you go. But, um, I don't know. I think Republicans are like... They'll get, they'll get, you, you get to a point of standing your ground where even though it works against your own interests, the amount of pride it would take to... to make the admissions you'd have to make is just too much to swallow so you just continue on with it but like i said a billion times just one of the biggest misconceptions about ego is when people think that to have a strong ego that continues you can't admit mistakes and in fact that is the definition of a fragile ego one that's so afraid to admit a mistake you're like you're you've created an eggshell of your ego and it can crack at any time it's built upon well, I mean, sand you need to be able to admit a mistake and be like wow i was sorry like like Stanhope did say, like, wow, I was weak for a moment. I'm sorry. I was thinking party over country. I made a mistake. Country's all that matters. We must stop Trump. But you're right. None of them can ever admit mistakes. Least of all Trump. It's just insane. And then Hillary this week didn't have a good week either because the report came out, another email report, saying that, in fact, she did know the risks she claimed she didn't know. And that she instructed people on her staff to not bring up the email to her again. And she could not risk any personal emails going public, even knowing that there were uh, hacking attempts already on her email. And she proceeded forward with it. So how big an issue is this, do you think, Benny? Well, Clinton got real lucky with Trump's Mexican comments. Because they completely buried the new uh, rulings on her email. True. think is going to be interesting is at the end of Trump's speech, he said on Monday, I'm going to give a speech all about the Clintons and exposing. He's going to throw every piece of mud towards them. He's going to throw a lot of mud towards them. He's going to say they killed people. He's going to bring up Vince Foster. He's going to bring up every single fucking thing. He's going to say they're in the pocket of foreign governments. And it's going to be a real, and the rest of this election is going to be not a lot about inspiring the country. He'll try and bring it that way. But it's going to be just mudslinging of accusations and a race to the finish with who convinces the country that the other person is, is a more horrible person. Right. I have faith in Clinton's ability to stand her ground against him, especially I think now that I think we can agree she is the nominee. I think Clinton is so bad at appearing likable yet has tried so hard for so long to be like likable enough to just get her to the point place where she is right now 
So we've never really seen a, we've never seen Hillary Clinton not fighting for just the nomination. Now she has it, and hopefully we'll begin to see more of Hillary Clinton, the fighter. Yeah, and I find her likable. Whenever people say she's not likable, I find her just I find her likable just fine. She to me is funny and charming and cares about the country. She has some shady things and she lies about certain things, but she lies about certain things that are a lot smaller and less huge of problems than the things Trump lies about and talks about and spouses. Yeah. I mean I think I think having a female in the White House will be very good for America, frankly. And you know, you know who's also not likable? Merkel. But Germany's doing pretty goddamn good. Totally. Um, so like I said, I, I, I'm I almost, I'm viewing this as almost like a rumble in the jungle. Like, we're finally getting it down to the two of them. And this is like the nerdiest UFC match we could possibly witness. It's so, going to be pretty brutal, but I have a lot of faith in Clinton. And I have a lot of faith in the machine that's built up around her. Yeah, and after the Mexican comments, I agree, the Mexican judge comments this week, I did feel a little bit of a sigh of relief that, like, okay, there's no way they're not going to be able to defeat him now because he's just too blatantly stupid and too blatantly racist. He's, like, not even nuanced anymore. He's just off the cuff and, like, is just being such a dick that, like, it was the first time I actually thought, maybe everybody's right that he's just doing this whole thing to get Clinton in the White House because he's, like, torpedoing himself. He can't be that dumb that he just literally throws all Mexican people, even of light, of, like, parental heritage and say they can't be unbiased is, like, it's just bananas. No, he, he is. It's not that he's that dumb. It's just, I heard someone talk about the fact that he brags about not sleeping, right? And he needs to be in control of everything. So I think there's, there's an element of his own fatigue and continued, you know, self, self-led path down the rabbit hole that he's so convinced everyone will blindly follow him down. Um, <clears throat> I think what I want to talk about now, like, you know, I actually, this is kind of a question that, you know, you and I have talked about, but I'd love to hear what the brain trust feels as far as what Sanders supporters are going to do now. Yeah, because that was the last story I wanted to bring up before we go into Twitter answers and wrap this puppy up. And sorry, at UK Brain Trust, I haven't done Thunder Round in a couple of weeks. I'll do it next week for sure. Um, but um, I wanted to like ask, so what happened tonight too is that California finally had its primary as well as five other states. And Hillary did a lot better than Sanders was hoping. She won California by a pretty huge margin. And Hillary declared herself the presumptive nominee and declared herself the, the winner now of the Democratic primary contests. And um, is is Sanders done, do you think, Ben? I mean, he, he, in his speech, vowed to continue on to D.C. next week, the last primary, and then on to the convention in July in Philadelphia. Um do you think he still thinks that he has a chance to upend it and have it be a brokered convention, or is he just going now for ideological reasons to push the platform? He's going for ideological reasons to push the platform. More towards his which, liberal ideological things that are more about shifting the system towards... Well, I think he's already had an impact. I mean, middle in class Clinton's people. speech today, a lot of the lines from Clinton's speech seems like they could have been taken from a Sanders speech. I mean, she said... We're never going to let Wall Street put its interests ahead of Main Street. I mean, that's like textbook Sanders stuff. Um, so I think she smartly is pivoting a little more towards his policy platform because we're at a very dangerous moment with all of his supporters who he, like Trump, has gotten so riled up that that energy is malleable and is looking for some anything that will continue to represent its interest. And in the end of during Trump's speech, he invited Bernie Sanders supporters to join the Trump campaign, listing a lot of the reasons that Sanders has used. Um, and I'm sure if anyone who has social media and has friends who support Bernie, they are passionately, uh, literally, about Bernie or bust. I mean, the problem with that is that or bust is one of the options. And I just think that's unnecessary. 
Yeah. Um, I agree it's unnecessary. I mean, I talked last week about the option of if if Sanders won California, he could take that momentum and start a third-party run now as an independent since he is one anyway and maybe siphon off a lot of Democrats and a lot of Trump supporters once they realize that he's full of shit and they could he'd still put their anger in somebody. Whereas Trump may be able to hold on to a lot of those angry people if it's just him versus Hillary because she's so establishment. But there's a Hillary risk. has a lot, Hillary has a lot more to lose than Trump does by Bernie going third party. Right, there's a big risk. She'll Trump, he'll put he'll put him in the White House. I just don't I don't see Trump supporters pivoting towards Sanders socialist uh, agenda. I think a lot of the reasons they support Trump is. Uh, not for such a heavily taxed, socialized system that, that Sanders is pitching. I think they just support Trump because they're fucking angry, and they want this guy who they've seen on TV for years be a millionaire, tell them that he's going to make it all better. Right, but again, it's just voting in his own interest. Sanders is the one who would really help them. He's the one who wants to raise the minimum wage, whereas Trump thinks the minimum wage is too high. He's the one that wants to give health care to everybody, whereas Trump doesn't want to to address that at all. He's the one that that you know wants to give free college to people when they can't afford it. If you're in the poor, or a lot of people in the middle class, and or end up you end up saddled in debt your whole life. Trump doesn't give a shit about those things. He just wants to you know make more money for rich people and and renegotiate trade deals and overall wants to spur the economy, but he doesn't seem to have the real care for the common man. It's just so weird that people don't understand that. Um, I, I think it's summed up in, in a piece I saw about Trump University where they interviewed this poor Latin woman who apparently had put $35,000 on her credit cards to attend Trump University. And they asked her, why, why would you spend so much money on Trump University? And she said in very broken English, because he is a millionaire, and he was going to make me a millionaire. Yeah. You know, by having this, this television millionaire kind of descend into the ranks of what they feel they can commune with and touch, people actually think that some of Trump's millions are going to trickle down into them. It's almost that association of, if you want, to be wealthy, you need to have wealthy friends. He just makes me so angry at how much bullshit that is, though. Like, literally, I was thinking, just fantasizing last night. If I saw him, I'd want to, like, punch him in the face. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to make an argument because you can't get through to his thick, stupid, huckster, fucking Ringling, Barney, and Bailey skull. You just have to, like, punch him and be like, fuck you, man. You're trying to ruin America. I mean, people, you know, a lot of people listen to this podcast, but I just. I really want to know what people who are still diehard Trump supporters say. Are they are they still just saying the only reason I've ever heard I want an outsider? I want someone who's not in the system. And tells it like it is, but Bernie does all of that. Yeah. Eh, he's not necessarily an outsider, but he's certainly a lot more than a lot more of an outsider than Clinton is. You know? I, I just I just wish people who are Bernie or bust, and I guess just sometimes people in general would just kind of accept that there's an element of corruption in American politics. There always was, and there always is going to be. But with the world getting to where it is, we need to pick the person who is going to work at least mostly in the best interests of the country and moving forward with the least amount of chance of getting in a major war. Because with the globe as tense as it is, that's a major possibility. And we've just gotten out of two major wars. Like, it's paramount for the country that we just focus on fixing the country. And I'm relatively certain with Trump at the helm, we get into a, another war very quickly because of his mouth. The scary part, though, is that, you know, the biggest criticism about Bernie is that how is he going to pull off these things? because they seem pie in the sky and he wants to raise taxes so much to do it, is that even me sometimes realizes how horrendous Trump is. The thought enters my head, 
maybe he would be good for the economy. Maybe he would renegotiate trade deals and maybe he would make our allies that we give so much support to for free pay for that. Maybe it, 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 it would maybe even negotiate deals that would, I don't know, somehow in, in some way bring back jobs that would be good for the economy. It's like, is there any truth to that? I mean, maybe me going out with someone who works in the adult industry will lead to all kinds of crazy sex, but having done that, didn't get into the crazy sex. <laughs> got all of the the uh, the fallout from all those red flags. I just ignored moving into it. Yeah, you know that girl's like, apartment was decorated in red flags. Yeah, it, it was like Tiananmen Square. There were so many red flags. <laughs> yeah, you had to stand but in front of a tank just to relax. It's uh, that was good. That was a good history joke with two shopping bags filled with my pride. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the, the people, they really have to think about the fact that if Trump can't get through an interview with fucking Jake Tapper without calling out, I don't know, 20, 30 million people, what the hell is he going to do when America is actually uh, face-to-face with a real tyrannical leader? Or has another terrorist attack, you know, which, God willing, will never happen again. But let's just say San Bernardino did under Trump, and that's more fuel for his, his he would, fire. He would what, put Muslims in internment camps in five minutes. I mean, it's just, it was, it's literally the end of our nation as we know it if Trump becomes president. And I'll do everything in my power to stop it. I don't have a lot of power, but I'll do everything in my voice, my in the range of people that can hear me shout to stop it. I'll stand in front of a tank if I have to. I mean, he cannot become president. The guy is just... Well, he's he's not going to be president. And I'm willing to call this right now. He's, he's going to lose, and I think he's going to lose by a pretty robust margin, because I've said it again on this podcast, like we learned in the last two elections, increasingly so, you can't win the presidency without minorities, and Trump has alienated more minorities than any person ever running for office. Well, that's, you know, here's, here's for hoping. Um, I mean, there was still, there was still a lot of Republican conservative leaning Latinos who voted for Romney. None of those people are going to vote for Trump. Truth. Um, and you know, we're only really beginning to get to know Hillary Clinton, the candidate. She's done the work of getting enough people to like her just to get her where she is. Now I'd like to think it's time to really strategize with Bill and her team, and really figure out how to dismantle Trump. And we've seen early, early bits of it in her speeches. And I think as long as Trump continues to get more extreme and uncontrollable, then those two things will equate to a pretty astounding defeat in November. I mean, I hope you're right, but it's just scary because as Trump announced, he's going to have this hit job speech about the Clintons on Monday he's the most brilliant person in manipulating our media. I mean, the media is like what made Trump happen. They don't know how to filter out bullshit from reality. And he's going to bring up so many questions about the Clintons, of which there are plenty, that he might be able to ride for the next four or five months millions of accusations about them, some based in in truth, that could counterbalance a lot of their counterpunches towards him. What I don't get is how does someone like Trump, who's on his third wife, not have ginormous skeletons in his closet? And who's digging them up? Well, I mean, he does. I mean, his ex-wife accused him of rape. Ivana Trump accused him of rape and has taken that, taken that back subsequently. But I, mean, got, <laughs> I take it back. He didn't rape me. He's got crazy skeletons. And he'd probably get a lenient sentence too, unless, you know, because the judge is of any group and therefore unable to fairly judge on him. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all agree. It's going to be a pretty brutal, what is it? July, August, September, October. We got five more months of this. Oh my God, it's a long time. So, to be continued then on that conversation, anything you'd like to plug to anybody before we go into Twitter answers and wrap this up? I would for your. Uh, 
Brothers, who are in Indianapolis. I am back at, uh, I believe, one of your favorite comedy clubs, too, Morty's Comedy Joint, this Thursday Great through club. Saturday. Great club. Morty'sComedy.com for tickets? Uh, I believe so, yes. It's crazy that I have those URLs in my head. It's just years of prom- promoting the same places. <laughs> you work, man. You work the road. You gotta work, 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 work. Um... And uh, follow Ben Morrison at Ben the Morrison on social media. Uh, listen to our song end of the podcast last week. SoundCloud.com slash Ben's Ben's Ben's. That's B E N S. No dollar signs, no Z's. Just B E N S three times. Uh, to yep. hear, our, hear our song anti social media. Use the hashtag anti social media featuring the beautiful Lauren Marie and beautifully talented. And um, please. <laughs> Please watch Idiot Test every Tuesday at 10 and 10.30. We still have shitloads of new episodes coming at you every week. Um, And, um, I mean, two a week, not shitloads of them. I'll be on the Today Show again. This time again, playing Idiot Test with Kathy Lee and Hoda and doing a brief interview this this Monday morning, June 13th. Flying to New York on Sunday for that. That'll be cool. Um, and I'm doing some more shows there. I just did an insane podcast interview. I've done like 24 podcast interviews. I think I told you guys that last week over the last week or two promoting my Showtime special. I really, the ones that stick out in my head is very interesting to listen to that and things I've never talked about. A lot of weird philosophies and life theories and things on Josh Wolf's Fairly Normal Pod. Um, so check that out. Uh, my interview with Michael Yo was talking about the psychology of being on Chelsea lately and her making fun of he and I. Throughout the year. So let me, um, if I can interject for a please, second, talking please. about podcast. I'm sitting down with uh, Kelly Carlin tomorrow. George Carlin's daughter, the great Kelly Carlin. She's been a guest on this podcast. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. And I'm, I'm kind of planning to go a little deep. I'm going to go deep. It's been an interesting year, and I want to talk about it. So, And that's Waking from the American Dream, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're Waking from the American Dream. Also she's, on Smartcast. She's, awesome. she's incredible. She's you know, trained in Jungian psychology, and she really knows her shit about the human psyche. Um, very, very, very cool, cool person, dear friend of both of us. And um, also the ones that stick out to me was Barry Katz podcast. My, my manager, Barry Katz, has this great industry podcast called Industry Standard, and it was a two-and-a-half-hour conversation of he and I breaking down my whole career and my speech problem and the obstacles I overcame and the amount of hard work it takes to make it in this business. It was very interesting. I thought and about about two hours and roughly five minutes of that podcast is Barry monologuing about how much he loves Glebe. <laughs> the very beginning was very long. There was just a lot to say about Glebe. I've known him for a long time. <laughs> I've known him for a very long time. And then Mike Malone's Punched Up Pod was very interesting, just 13 minutes long. It's kind of serial for comedians, serial podcast for comedians, and talking about my speech problem there, and a nice little short little chunk. Um, and, um, and the one I just recorded tonight, Owen Benjamin's podcast, Why Didn't They Laugh, um, a comedian that I feuded with, a rare one that I feuded with, one of my dear friends that we had a falling out due to some crazy things that went down between us, Skylar Stone, we kind of confronted our, our beef and the dissolution of our friendship on this podcast that'll be out this week, um, and, um, also, I did Allison Rosen's. Allison Rosen is your new best friend this week, and that was a really fun one as well. Um, and please watch my Showtime special on demand, the Showtime app. You can get a free trial and watch it. It's called Neurotic Gangster. It's it's the best way to see my stand up. If you don't know my stand up at all, this will be a good way to become a fan. I hope of that. It's part really of it. good. Thank it's you. It's really, 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 really good. Sounds like you're being a little sarcastic. No, no, no. I actually meant all those really, 100% really, really. It's Thank really you. good. Thank you, man. Please use hashtag Neurotic Gangster if you're talking about it online, telling others to watch. And um, I will be coming to San Antonio at the end of this month, the LOL Comedy Club. And I'll be coming in August to St. Louis and Chicago, and then early September to Minneapolis at the House of Comedy. All tickets available for all of them at benglebe.com. And on that note, it is time for Twitter answers.
cast the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the B Glebers and all of us, the Glebe Squad, the Glebe Nation, the Glebe Mob, the Glob, the Friends with Benefits. I asked the Brain Trust, what's the best advice you ever got? Roy Wayne Mays says, it's up to me to try, quoting Will I Am visiting Sesame Street. That's cute. Chris Haas says, love people. That's nice. That's pretty good advice. Would you agree with that's pretty good advice, Ben? Ben? Ben, I love you, Ben. Ben, did you leave the rest of the podcast? Did you think I didn't? Uh, no, I'm here. Sorry. I don't want to love Trump. Where'd you go? Uh, oh, I just hit the mute button for a second. Accidentally. The ah. note that was on. Gotcha. Yeah, love people except Trump is a pretty decent slogan, I would say. <laughs> That'd be a good t-shirt. Love everyone except Trump. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is pretty decent. Rhinoceros at Absurd Rhino says, quote, but I'm scared to go down the slide. Or sorry, it says, little me says, but I'm scared to go down the slide. Teenage babysitter says, then be scared and do it anyway. I do love that. You have to just sometimes jump off the deep end even though you're scared. It's the best way to tackle a problem. More importantly, who is this teenage babysitter that's motivating your children? Why don't you do that? A decent point. Our friend John Hollowich says, My grandpap said, expect nothing from people, and that's all you'll get from them. I like that. And one that my mom would definitely agree with, at Garmar VG, says, My mom always told me that my values should be deeper than the culture of the moment. Now at 34, I understand. So true. And just two left here. Dale Cifuentes at Anunikunfu says, don't read the comments. And I've learned that a, asking a girl if she's on her period when she's mad is not okay. <laughs> and lastly, Cynic Girl, Cynic L Girl, spelled strangely, says, don't eat stuff off the sidewalk. True. I mean, it depends how tasty that thing is. Or if it's like a pop-up restaurant that has a sidewalk theme. Right. But if you do, here's something we can all agree on. If you do eat something off the sidewalk, make sure and use one of the toothpicks from the top of that sidewalk pile that Rain Man just counted to get the food out of your teeth. Turn 84. Turn 84 toothpicks. Definitely. Definitely. Um, ben, should we leave them with our song again or with Rihanna's work, 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 work? <laughs> I think they're probably antisocial out at this point. Let's leave them with Riri. All right, get our song at soundcloud.com slash Ben's, 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 and we'll leave you with a superior, for, to, with an inferior rapper, but a much more talented <laughs> singer and attractive, and attractive, I'm not even a rapper at all, so I don't have to. I don't, know why, I don't know why I have to throw that in there. So I'm a fucking rapper. I have, I have quite an ego about my rapping skills. Do you do you literally like win eight mile every day in your head alone? Every morning I rap battle myself, man. Jesus, the music never lets you go. <laughs> I don't know what version that was, like ragtime version of Eminem. But uh, thank, thank you, Ben, for joining me. Even though you have an early morning, I do appreciate it, my brother. And uh, until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. All that I wanted from you was to give me something that I never had, something that you never seen, something that you never been. Mm-hmm. But why you got to like nothing's wrong? Just get ready for work, 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 work. You see me, I be work, 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 work. You see me do me dirt, 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 dirt. I just hope that it gets
This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.